This is Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast with Roscoe, the fanalist, and Southey. Looks live to me. Looks live to me. Uh, We're having sound issues, but uh, just imagine the intro is playing. I'm going to put it in after. Uh, Welcome back to Leafs Late Night. Uh, I'm joined once again by the fabulous fanalist, Steph. And uh, our favorite Dartholomew Broderer, okay, <laughs> Darty Broder. How's it going, guys? Not bad, not hey. bad. So good. Big win. West Coast, baby. Another West Coast road trip win. Yes, this is what we want. And yeah, first versus second power play in the league. And it worked out for the Buds. Hell yeah. So before we get into this, we got to announce another winner for our 12 games of giveaways. So we are nearing the end of this. There's only a few games left, Um, but we have a fabulous winner to announce. Drum roll. It is Julie at Leafs Girl. Congratulations. You have won yourself a prize. Um, You have won the fabulous and much sought after Carlton the Bear plushie. So you win the little Carlton pack that comes with a Carlton the Bear sticker from Victoria at Optimus Rhyme from Tulin Designs. Check out the store. So um, before we get into the game, anything you guys done? Anything fun over the last couple days since we last talked? Any stories? Yeah, what's new, Darty? It's been a little while. Uh, we had a couple people request your presence on the show. You know, you have some simps out there. I so. do. <laughs> Darty, how, how have you been? Darty has a posse, clearly. Um, you know, I've been posting some uh, uh, less original memes this time just because uh, it's been hard. I've been busy with, uh, you know, it's the Christmas season and... Uh, you know, unfortunately, Darty doesn't just do this kind of stuff, as I'm sure you, <laughs> as I'm sure you <laughs> folks also uh, sympathize with. And uh, but uh, you know, I've been trying to keep up in the meme game, and uh, you know what? I-, I win some fans, I lose some fans. All right, I I feel like the Leafs. Uh, you know, my uh, some games are better than others, but uh, you know what? I gained some big fans here with you folks, and I'm glad to be back on the show. I gotta say, happy to have oh, you yeah. back. It's like uh, it's like Torts talking about the uh, Zegras Milano goal. You know, you 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 lose some fans with that, but you know, I guess you get some fans too. Yeah, <laughs> happy to have um, you back. Michigan. Love the memes. Michigan. Yeah, Michigan. <laughs> Did you see the guys on the World Juniors before the game? They were talking about that goal actually, and asking them, "Oh, would you try that on the ice?" Or, and uh, one guy actually said, "I can't remember who," but he's like. Nope, Torts doesn't like it. I'll never do it. So it definitely made an impact there. And yeah. Did you guys see uh, Kapanen's goal? It wasn't quite as, you know, Michigan style. But uh, Darty, I don't know if you caught this. This was earlier today. I saw it on Twitter. Uh, The puck's up in the air and Kapanen just like, this was against Montreal. He did like a little, just a little tip, a little shovel and just kind of chipped it over the goalie and in. And it was beautiful. Still a raindrop, you know? Yeah. yeah. Which is kind of what I expected. Like I, I was going to say, it's kind of what I thought the Zegras goal was. I didn't realize it was actually tipped in. I, when I saw the Zegras goal, assumed that it just went off the goalie mask. So, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah, I think that was everybody's first reaction, but then they realized, oh, that was hit. Oh, was that high-sticked? Well, maybe not. Yeah. 
but Kapanen's though, that was booty. You knew it was right under the crossbar, so it was a perfect goal for him. And yeah, monkey see, monkey do. So people are trying it all over the league, like we said last episode, and I'm here for it. Yeah, it makes things interesting. uh, Reminds me when you do it like that. Reminds me of that. you know that Japanese cat that like grabs the pennies? You know, it's just like, just put the goal right in. Oh, oh yeah. Just, just <laughs> scoop it right in. Just scoop. There's the goal. There's the puck in the net. <laughs> very Maybe. polite. Um, so I have to mention, I went to go see a movie today. Uh, I haven't been in a while. Um, actually, I've seen, this is the second one back from the uh, the lockdown world that I've seen. The other one was Shang-Chi, which was awesome. Um, but today nice. we went to go see House of Gucci. It was not good. <laughs> like no spoilers here but just um very interesting directing choices and acting choices specifically from jared leto um he's in prosthetics and playing an old italian guy and he plays it the oh. only way i can describe it is super mafia mario like everybody <laughs> is putting the work in and being believable and he's just a caricature of an italian person like i don't get it I, I, to be fair, I don't know what Paolo Gucci was actually like and if he's actually very much like this crazy eccentric person, but oh my God, it was hard to watch. Um, almost a three like- hour long movie and uh, couldn't tell between scenes if it had been five minutes or five years. <laughs> it was very hard to follow the story. <laughs> I just I wanted it to be good because the story was interesting, but it was just told very like it's a really it's a story that could be an eight hour long docu-series, but they try to do it in a two hour and 45 minute movie. And it's just, it's a lot to jam in. Wow. No, I did catch I this was... film. I did catch the flick. And let me tell you something. Uh, you, you hit the nail right on the head. I would say it's like Johnny Knoxville's bad grandpa meets Sasha Baron Cohen's Borat. And honestly, like, 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 I don't know yeah. what Jared, I don't know what Jared Leto, like, he's like, what acting choices, you know, I saw him in, what is it, that movie with Nicolas Cage a long time ago, where the, uh, he's like a, um, a, what do they call it, uh, you know, a legal arms dealer. And like, that's the kind of acting you're like, oh, Jared Leto is amazing, you know, 30 seconds, you know, 30 seconds to Mars, like, he's a great singer, he's such a cool guy. And then flash forward, like a decade yeah. later, and you're like, man, this guy sucks. <laughs> So maybe he, he, you know, Nicolas Cage did rub off on him, you know, eventually. And he just decided to go full, full camp, not camp, camp, just, just bad. All right. Yeah. Camp is There's good. a level of method acting there that just like when you're beside Al Pacino too, it just makes the Italian, like I said, just a caricature just looks so much worse. And he, he goes so overboard with a bunch of it. I don't know. The other thing that I found hard, I don't know if you agree with this, Darty, but when we were driving home, I was like, I don't know if the main character was um, Mauricio Gucci, who is Adam Driver's character, or Patricia, who is Lady Gaga, or if it was about the Gucci company, or if it was about the Gucci family, which are two very different things. There's like no main, like, this is who we're focusing on. It seems very all over the place. Hmm. Like, which I get it. They're just, just, just kind of adds to, they're telling too many stories in three hours. Anyway. Wow. Yeah. It just felt like a demo reel for each of those actors. Sorry to cut you off uh, last time, last time here, but just felt like it, like for each of them, they're all like, let's show you how we can be each of these characters rather than like, let's make a movie. And yeah, it sucked. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't come out of it. Like thinking there was an Oscar scene in that movie, like a scene where I was like, oh yeah, that's, that's the one. Like there was no standout moment in it. I don't know. I was I was disappointed because I expected a lot out of those actors and 
I don't know, Ridley Scott and the story and the season. It's Oscar movie season. Anyway, Leafs won five to one. And far from uh, <laughs> Kingdom of Heaven. Like, I don't, I, if you told me that was Ridley Scott, like, which you just did, I, I completely forgot it was. It's like, that's Ridley Scott? Like, yeah, it was yeah. terrible. <laughs> right? Like, uh and the only thing I could think is every time Adam Driver's sitting down in the cafe or something with an espresso, I just good espresso. Good, <laughs> good soup. Good soup. Yes. Speaking of uh, that, good that soup. That meme is burned in my head. Oh, good soup. What a good transition. Good, good soup. soup. Good game. Oh, my God. Was rooting for the shutout, but of course didn't want to jinx it. But yeah, what what else like it what else could we ask for? The power play clicked. We shut down the top two lines. The depth scored for once in nine games for the Edmonton Oilers, which is rare. Otherwise, it would be a shutout and, for Jack Campbell. And, and McDavid scored his first goal as a Toronto Maple Leaf. Yes. The moment <laughs> we've all been waiting for, right? <laughs> oh man. Twitter man. loved that one. Um, so let's just get into the uh, the first period here. So I'd say the standout thing of the first half of the game uh, was Leon Dreisaitl missing a wide open net to give the Oilers what would have been their first lead in a long time. Yes, he was pissed. Oh, my God. That was just a moment where I'm like... <gasps> Oh, oh my god yes he missed that oh my god but yeah this is this has been a crazy game and you know Dermot back for the first time in four games after shoulder injury and then we saw the likes of Brett Sneeny Sini for the first time as a Toronto Maple right. Leaf and Mikhaev was back uh, we had Koskinen in net over Skinner so had more expectation out of him and then our boy Brett Ritchie sick didn't travel so he's at home eating the hamburgers or whatever the hell he's doing <laughs> watching the game like he's got oh, some yeah. Mr. Noodles. yeah Mr. Noodles but uh yeah right off the bat penalty Toronto JT interference or tripping on dry side all in yeah so I was scared you know because I said the first overall power play versus the second overall power play. We're expecting huge things from the Edmonton Oilers. and But they've been on a losing streak. Five games, no wins. They're only three for the last 23 on the power play. And nice block by Cache. Huge clear. And oh, yeah. the game just continued on into more penalties, which get, was gifted to the Toronto Maple Leafs. And a quick, another power play quick goal austin matthews of course but yeah and i mean before that it was uh on the jt penalty cashin got uh, a penalty which kind of cut that down to a four on four which the leafs played really well on and then um you know weren't able to capitalize on that last like minute of a power play they got mm -hmm. but then like you said got one right after it maybe two minutes later and uh matthews giving me yet another power play point dude is on fire oh yeah just so taking no prisoners, the guy. Yeah. And uh, Matthews is actually the, since Matt, or sorry, Matt Sundin, March slash April of 2006, he's the first player with a six game goal streak on the road. So like I said, last episode, the tallies just keep adding up more records and things to note as we go on. What a time to be a Leafs fan, but yeah, this this game, man. 
it was good. The Leafs played a full 60, you know? Do you guys agree? Um, I, th- I think the second period was a little weak. Um, it was, but... Regardless of the goals that they've scored, they were outshot 17-5, to which, I mean, thankfully Edmonton's not playing well offensively and able to capitalize on any of that. But, I mean, you can't give that up to some teams. Like, if that was against the Lightning, we saw what happened. They yes. are, they're going to score five goals on a 17 to five shot period. So that's something, mm-hmm. I mean, just a note, like if we're going to take anything yeah. out of this game to watch, I would say yeah, Jack can only hold on to so many games like that. Yeah. If, if, if the lightning is Superman, then uh, Edmonton, uh, they're bizarro here. And uh, <laughs> like, I'll tell you this right now, you can like, you know, I'm going to be probably louder with Crowder here, but I don't think the Leafs deserve to win this game at all. And they didn't really show up until the the second and, the, and pretty much the third. But again, they had no business showing up in this game. That's my opinion. Um, again, you can you can fight me on it. But I thought that was the wor- like that was a terrible first period. Again, like, that should have been a three nothing game for Edmonton. And the Leafs are lucky one because of Jack Vesna Campbell and two because <laughs> Of and I'm gonna give him the first star tonight. Again, you can just ra- razz me on this all night long. First star of the night goes to Travis Dermott because if it wasn't for that bullshit penalty that he fucking oh, yeah. pulled up, he pulled out of his ass on Drysaddle. Which how yeah. did we get that? Like, remember we had this whole conversation about the the refs just like literally screwing the Leafs. This was this was yeah. a great game for the Leafs when it came to the refs. The refs were like besides that one ticky tack kind of on the the first one on JT. Um, you know. Um, <clears throat> That Travis Dermott penalty literally was like of all the things that could go wrong for Edmonton. It was like, like give us give you know give him a break, right? Like like once we had that uh, you know once we had that goal from Matthews, it was pretty much downhill for for Edmonton, who had like that entire first period strong armed us. Like we looked like crap. Like I don't I don't I didn't enjoy. It. I did not think that when I watched on the first, I did not think that this was going to be a five one Leafs game. Okay. So two things to that. One about the penalties. Uh, we as Toronto fans are up against now the hmm, second most angry fan base about penalties not being called on their team, which would be uh, the Edmonton Oilers, specifically Connor McDavid. So when you're up against McDavid, I think it's just, that's what happens is we're going to get more calls than they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, second point, this is a text to Ed, my dad at nine twenty nine. So this is during the first period. So they're okay. off tonight. This is hard to watch so far. So, Darty, I have to agree. <laughs> First period was tough. They were not playing well. A lot of that offensive time was spent uh, by Edmonton in the Leafs' end. Uh, not a lot of possession for the Leafs. It, they looked weak. I mean, a lot of turnovers by uh, by Muzzin and Hall. It doesn't matter if we split them up or put them together. They're just not playing well. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I think after the way they played in the first and then getting outshot in the second, they're lucky that... Um, so, to take us to the second period... Wayne Train, wrapping it around Koskinen uh, from the left side to the right, puts it in on the only shot as the Edmonton Oilers outshot the Leafs 10-1 to for the first half of the second mm-hmm. period. So, again, I mean, a lot of lucky breaks. Yeah. I guess to my defense, I'm just riding the high of the win right now, and I'm trying to see the positive of everything, especially when you see a 5-1 score. I just want to highlight the good moments, but I do agree with you guys to a certain extent. I remember texting you, Johnny, saying like, Hall did this, Muzzin, another giveaway. Oh my God, I pretend I didn't see that. And then in the second period, 
923 for our first shot. Luckily, that did go in and it, mm-hmm. it went uphill from there, which is good. But Darty, those refs missed a couple calls on the Leafs, too. Did you see that high stick to the face of Bunting? And Brody. And the, and the slash on Cache? That was in the Ooh. third. That was in the th- And you know that what? Cache is notorious for putting like that. How many? That's deja vu. I've seen that almost every single game now that Kasha gets hit in the hand and he's always mm-hmm. walking off like a kitty cat. Like, oh, whatever. <laughs> so, like, why? Is that like a thing? Is that like a trope now in the league? It's like, let's just hit him in the hand. Let's get him right in the thumb guard. Because uh, I don't know. I've, that's like, I, I saw that today and I was like, holy smokes. Like, this is like the third or fourth time I've seen him, like, you know, scurry off, like, holding his thumb. Yeah. Tony and it was Marco underneath. The hit was way underneath the hand, so no padding there. That hurt. Ooh, we were also already winning. Like, if re- <laughs> yeah. Uh, another thing I want to touch on is when Wayne scored that goal on Koskin and his blade came out of his skate. Yeah. Why does this keep <laughs> happening? This is insane. Like, Always. this is the highest professional hockey league in the world. And this is like the fifth or sixth time in the last month at least that these skate blades have come out, if not more. And I'm just talking between him and Kemper and like one replay I saw. How yeah. does this keep happening? Wish.com. That's what happens <laughs> when you uh, buy your skates. Those COVID budget slashes, man. You know, in a yeah, league that still allows Brian Elliott on. to play goaltender, I don't put it past them for, uh, <laughs> for um, you know, buying their skates off of Wish.com. But I don't know. That's like I when I watched that too, Johnny, I was... I was the first thing that came to my head is why does this keep happening? Like, shouldn't we have better equipment? And then two is maybe it's just common. Like maybe there is no better solution. Like when it comes to skates and the, the way they're manufactured, right? So, um, yeah, maybe they need more tangs holding the skate to the <laughs> the, the blade to the skate. I don't know, but I just feel like this isn't something I remember seeing until the last couple of years. Like I don't remember ever seeing this until recently, honestly. I don't know. Maybe I'm just misremembering. They just um, don't make those '90s super tax, you know. <laughs> so uh, TJ Brody with an absolute clapper from the point uh, gives, Oof. like I said, Connor McDavid his first goal as a Leaf as he deflects it. Uh, the replay on this was interesting because first I thought Kerfoot scored it. Then mm-hmm. um, they realized I was watching the Edmonton feed because again, this one was blocked out in Ottawa. But uh, oh this <laughs> Brody shot this, and it was like. I don't know, three inches off the ice, and then it just hits McDavid's stick, and it's one of those knuckleballs, like, right to the top corner. Koskinen had no chance. He did a little ballet move there, uh, McJesus. (laughs) Yeah, he was not impressed watching the replay on that one. He knew that went off his stick. Bad moment for him, and especially coming off that first period where Dreisaitl totally missed the open net. You know, he knew that was a perfect moment. Uh, well, not a perfect moment for him, but I don't know. I was just so focused on that TJ Brody shot from the blue line. Like we've been talking about all season long. I want to see more of this out of the defenders and good things happen when you take that shot, whether it ping pongs off your own guy or that guy, as long as it goes in, it's a good goal. So I'm so happy to see TJ Brody finally sink his first one of the year. 50th of his career, only second as a Leaf. So he was actually the last one out of the regular roster guys to finally get his first of the year. So I'm definitely rooting for TJ Brody. 
That's a boy. great goal. You know, just a very Ovechkin's office style goal. You know, just a good solid uh, a slap shot. And uh, we're lucky that uh, McDavid didn't want to put his face in front of that. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, boy gets a goal. There you go. Uh, so Hall gets called for interference on a pretty sloppy play. Um, just, yeah. And uh, to finish off the period, Leafs out shot 17 to 5. Uh, so we go into the third, and this is when I first noticed that Sini was playing. Uh, who was this guy, and where did he come from? The Devils, actually. But, um, yeah, first game as a Toronto Maple Leaf. Finally, I've seen his face a lot, uh, you know, preseason and those games beforehand. But, uh, yeah, this is the perfect opportunity for guys to get a chance. It's like they're rotating the barn out <laughs> to the big club, right? Like, it seems like the last couple of weeks uh, – Every so often, these guys are getting their chance. So uh, while Spets is out, while Marner's out, you might as well see what they can do. And he was, I don't know, what did you think of him tonight? Well, I mean, like I said, I didn't even hear his name called until the third period. Mm-hmm. So I I mean, not as much as I've noticed people like Steves and Rubens who have come up uh, in the last couple of games. I know there's a couple people that uh, like Semyonov who played a few games that I didn't even notice he was there. So I would put Sinny yeah. <laughs> kind of in that Semyonov category of like, they didn't do anything bad that I noticed, but they also didn't do anything outstanding that I noticed. Yeah. Not good. Not yeah. great. Just like our pal Ilya Mikheyev, who everybody, all the yeah. announcers were talking about, Oh, we had a good game. Uh, what is get, Okay. Stop being homers. All right. Like I, I get it. It's Leafs. <laughs> he, the guy played. All right. He, he, he wasn't a liability, but he did nothing. For, for all that talk about like, oh, you know, I want to get paid more. I want to be, you know, have more ice time. It's like, I be, just like uh, Sini, I didn't hear anything about Mikheyev doing Jack. So, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Just some breaking news here. The Oilers have officially placed head coach Dave Tippett into COVID-19 protocol. Yikes. Um, so that kind of takes us into an announcement that came in uh, during the second uh, intermission. So Darren Dreger reporting that uh, the NHL pending a final decision from medical conference call involving NHL and PA doctors, it's likely enhanced protocols will be implemented on a league wide basis for a period of time. Final details being worked out. So, I mean, not to get dark, but things were getting scary today. Uh, we had a lot of teams go into COVID protocol, uh, a lot of games postponed between, I think it's the hurricanes and Minnesota game. And um, we still have Calgary's games postponed. Uh, like right before the game, we had the Oilers head coach go in. I mentioned to you guys in our group chat, um, who was it? Two players, one on the Flyers and one uh, somewhere else. Sorry? Pullman? Yeah, Tucker Pullman uh, were both pulled mid-game into COVID protocol, which I don't even understand how that happens. But yeah, so unfortunately things are getting bad uh, with COVID again in the league. And it seems like it's going to be a no for the Olympics because of that. But eh, we'll see. It's just it's leaning in that direction at least. But but who's really upset about them not going to the Olympics right now, considering all the news, right? Except for the guys who right. we feel yeah. bad for, who can't you know can't go to the Olympics next time, right? Like uh, like it's um, it's really when you when you think about it, like this is the first time in a while we're like, yeah, you know what? It's okay if you don't go to the Olympics. Like just stay and you know play in the NHL and have fun. You know, just <laughs> stay. There's too much crap going on. in yeah, we're also going to have a lot of games to make up, and yeah. I think that's going to be the time that it lands because that three weeks was kind of booked off to go to the Olympics. So I think a lot of these games will end up there. 
So since we're talking about the Olympics, we might as well answer a Twitter question about this from Maple Leaf underscore or Maple underscore Leaf underscore fan who says, "Will the players go to the Olympics not looking good? What is the percent and chance that they will go? The rising count may mean a NHL shutdown for a bit. What percent do you put a short shutdown at?" Um, I mean. I kind of said on Twitter, but I don't think they're going to shut down. I don't think they can afford to. I don't even think it's going to be reduced capacity because I think that would come down to the government trying to basically go to war with the NHL over that because I know they can't. Like, literally, they just can't afford to. Um, I don't know. When you're a fan going, you're going at your own risk. And it's not, you're not a professional athlete who's going to spread it throughout a team that's making money. Like you can go home and quarantine if, you know, you get it. And you're like, like I said, you're going at your own risk. So it's a different world, I think, for people going than it is people playing. And if they're just enhancing their protocols and making sure these guys are, you know, looked after a little better and aren't spreading it around, then maybe that's all we need. Just kind of curb this for a bit. I just, Mm -hmm. I don't think they're going to the Olympics at this point. And I think that's just for um, political and um, BS reasons. Like, you know, BS is in like, there's so many rules behind going to China that it's just making it a liability and a waste of time for the players. It's not, but I don't think they're worried about getting sick. I think they're more worried about just having to waste their time, you know, following all these crazy Chinese laws, right? Well, yeah, yeah, it's kind of both of those things because if anybody does test positive they're stuck there for three to five weeks which the nhl can't afford so no unpaid actually they'll be unpaid in that chinese hotel room wasting away time mid-season form like imagine austin matthews jack campbell connor mcdavid just alone in these hotel rooms and can't do much right just playing shell and uh Doing, rocking uh, the pelotons yeah but if we're talking about percentage just to answer your question i see it as a 10 percent or less chance that they will be going and just dropping dramatically every day if you would have asked me a couple days ago it would be higher but obviously as things unfold this is just how it's panning out and for an nhl shutdown it's hard just like uh johnny's saying like Batman wants to make money at the end of the day. They can't afford to not increase the cap next year and all the losses that came with that the last couple years. So that would be, hmm, I do not seeing the NHL shutting down right now. Maybe it's hard, maybe 20%. That's even high for me to say that, but... The problem is the players are still paying back the escrow from the shutdown season and they're not paying it back for another like three years, which is when the salary cap is going to start going up again. So if they shut down, that's going to push even farther. And literally, they just can't afford that. Mm -hmm. So um, that was our second intermission announcement. So that takes us into the third, uh, where, like we mentioned, Saucini kind of first mentioned in the whole game. Uh, also a little scramble in front of the net rebound goes off of Muzzin skate and, uh, Edmonton scores their first depth goal. Like you said in, what was it? Nine games for the nine bottom six. Games. First in 32 for Skeevier. <laughs> this is another guy. I think he was picked up in the off season along, along with a lot of those bottom six forwards trying to 
um, solve this mystery of an Edmonton Oilers team that can't seem to score outside of their top two lines. So, yeah, of course it's against the Leafs, but obviously not enough for them because right after that, man, our boy Riley. Oh, another defender, big shot. Just amazing. I it, That Nylander... Um, Rushing down the net, skating from McDavid, just oof. So that was down, so. honestly amazing. Yeah, Go ahead, so, uh, Darty. Uh, so I was gonna say, so uh, it was great to see, uh, you know, the grinders get that goal at uh, 14 minutes. Uh, yeah, it was a, it was a senior's name. I wasn't sure if a senior or Seymour, or I never heard of him before. So senior got a goal, and that was <laughs> you guys were mentioning uh, that that was the first depth goal like of the season like that's crazy like no scoring from the third and the fourth that's uh, that's wild but yeah. um <clears throat> but william neely you know all the props to, to morgan riley but william nylander literally just like you know took that puck and he like you know the one thing i noticed about the leafs this entire game is that the, the oilers were so fast i so said when i was talking we we're talking earlier i said fight me on this but like the oilers just they looked so quick and they looked so precise and like you know, in my head, as I said, they're the bizarro version of, of the Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay because, like, they have all the same skill and they have all the same power, but uh, they just mm-hmm. got a lot of bad bounces. But, yeah, but Willie here, you know, he wasn't going that much faster than I believe it was Dreisaitl chasing his tail. But um, Buddy just kept the stick far out. He was, like, one hand, one-handing it, just like, yeah, you will never get this, you know. He was, like, hand- <laughs> dangling the puck like a Twinkie for uh, for Buddy there. And then he went behind the net and he said, oh, oh, by the way, you know, all this work you put into chasing me, it's going to Riley, baby. And Riley just sinks that amazing goal. So, like, you know, we can talk about yes. Riley with that goal, but Willie just, he played them for fools. He did a little rope-a-dope there. Like, just, you know, follow me. Hey, hey, look, look, I got this little toy for you. And then, oh, nope, there's Riley with the goal. <laughs> it was nice. Yeah, I guess the the kicker to this, too, was it wasn't Dreisaitl. It was Mick Connor McDavid chasing him, the fastest player in the NHL. Like, he just... I, all I had in my mind was that he was saying, like, I'm fast as fuck, boy, come and get this, comes around the net, perfect pass to Riley. Oh, man, since this contract, 22 points in 22 games, 11 assists in the last seven games. This guy, whoo, love it. And just Here a perfect momentum breaker, too, because obviously, you know, you get those grinders uh, only a minute earlier. Um got that goal so you're like oh, okay maybe maybe it's going to be a little comeback season for the oilers here but nope we, you know willie and riley with that uh, awesome little uh you know uh, little dangle show and then uh yeah that's it it's pretty much uh i i was telling i was gonna i was gonna mention to johnny let's start the show earlier because i you know i don't even want to watch the rest of this there's no way they're coming back <laughs> and i wasn't wrong <laughs> no and it just goes to show the way that even though both teams are kind of built around that superstar line it shows how much more together and how cohesively the Leafs play top to bottom compared to the Oilers where it's just kind of eh McDavid and uh, Drysaddle got it everybody else wouldn't just relax like I mean even Darnell Nurse I didn't I mean I noticed a couple decent shots from him but defensively he was not great tonight yeah and I saw a tweet saying um isn't it so nice to be on the other side of Tyson Berry's defensive play for once you know and Cody like... CC's <laughs> yes oh yeah yeah man Tyson like as Barry. much as we can shit talk Muzzin and Hall like Barry and, and CC were not good yeah. I had a note about Tyson Berry okay so in between the first and the second they were showing uh 
Um, because Willie, William Nylander and Tyson Berry were live mic'd for this game. So yeah, uh, yes. I don't know what the deal is with that. If uh, there's like some extra footage afterwards, if you want to go click on the NHL page and they're going to show you everything. I don't know. What I do know is what they did show um, between periods, the clip of uh, William Nylander, who actually was the the general on the ice there. He, he was giving some actual good advice to the other players. And I've actually never heard William Nylander's voice. And wow, Me whatever, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm so in love with him already. Like, like I, I just great guy. So they have Willie out there with actual advice, like, Oh, you got to go over there and help with this. And you know, you got to do this, but, and you, you know, if we get this done, we're going to have a lot better chances out there. And it's like, Oh, fucking Willie. Good for you. Tyson Berry, him, him mic'd up. Oh, we're getting piped out there, bud. I know. <laughs> I swear to God. No I friends over I was there. like, you know what? Like, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Um, no friends I've... over there. That was my favorite. <laughs> no friends over there. Was CC on their team too? I heard his name a lot. Yeah. Yes. But so. uh, I've heard uh, Willie speak in interviews, but this is the first time I've actually heard him say a sentence without saying, well, I mean, I mean, uh, I mean. No, no, I mean, I mean, it's, oh, it drives me insane because this guy cannot stop saying that. But finally, a full sentence without that uh, 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 moment. So, yeah, that was so nice. And that leadership role he's taking on this year, just finally perfect timing, you know, and the leaves are clicking. So it's, it's awesome. So uh, we have a couple more questions and uh, we have another thing to talk about. I know what we've got written here, but uh, when we come back from break, we're going to talk about the thing that happened at the end of the game, which was a jersey was tossed on the ice. Um, (laughs) Oh, yeah. This is not the first one, uh, but still, uh, I think it's worth talking about. So we'll go to break here. We'll be right back and we'll do, uh, like we said, questions from Twitter. Uh, the jersey toss and uh, talking a bit about the GM search going around the NHL between the uh, Canucks and the Habs because it's getting interesting. Mm-hmm. So uh, thanks for listening. This is Leafs Light and I will be right back. What song do you have All right, we are back. Hello, hello, we're back. We okay. are back. Yay! Welcome to Leafs Late Night again. Late. So, uh, <clears throat> before we went to break, uh, we mentioned we're going to talk about something that ended the game off, which was a jersey being tossed on the ice. Uh, that that's that's happened a few times now. So the first one we saw was at the Leafs game. Uh, which turned the Leafs season around, basically. They went from being terrible to being amazing. Um, then we saw it with, I think, the Montreal Canadiens second, uh, and the next day everybody was fired, whether mm-hmm. they say it was because of the jersey or not. And then we saw it basically a week later, I think, with the Vancouver Canucks, and then everybody was fired. Um, so I don't want to make assumptions, but the Oilers are on a six-game losing streak. Uh, could we see Dave Tippett fired when he comes out of uh, COVID protocol? Probably. Probably. At this rate. 
you're going with the trend here and if that gives the team success at the end of the day and then they create their own chant for their new coach like uh Mitch, shut our up. boy uh Bedro- Bo- you got martin in your basement there, there? yeah what are you saying <laughs> <laughs> can can you not hear them so i have two guinea pigs in my office behind me and uh darty i took your advice and i renamed them austin and mitch oh i think i think it was you that suggested that I'll have to think back to our conversations, but you know what? That is kind of maybe you, maybe it was Andrew. I apologize if it was you, Andrew, but I'll, um, steal, I'll steal the I'll steal the thunder there, Andrew. They were formerly named Sonic and Blaze, but now they are Austin and Mitch, and they are very loud. <laughs> They're excited. Anyway. Big win. So if you if you hear wait 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 wait, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just know it's uh, it's not Marner. He's he's okay. It's it's just the guinea pigs. The other. Th- the other thing I have to say is, like, do, is this game really warranting a jersey toss, or is this just kind of following suit with what's going on? Uh, absolutely not. Like, uh, again, just to to reiterate the point that this was a game that, like, the Leafs should have lost. Like, this was, <laughs> like, that first period, like, they can't, like, the Oilers came out, like, buzzing. And, uh, you know, if uh, I said, you know, the... Hockey is one of those games where puck luck and uh, bad bounces really can like change the direction of uh, uh, of you know a win or a loss for a good team. And uh, yeah, like was this a game that Jersey should be thrown? Probably not. But as you said, six game losing streak. Like I would feel pretty pissed if I was a Leafs fan going through a six game losing streak. So you know, I'm not uh, not gonna say they sh- shouldn't throw it for that. You know. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess watching this from the flip side, when the Leafs were at that stage earlier this season, if they were out shooting Edmonton this badly and they lost five to one, and it was like every turnover that happened, they were scoring on. Like, I kind of get it. It's this was a tough game for Oilers fans to watch. I mean, the arena, you could hear it. They were getting drowned out by the soup chance that it was go Leafs go versus let's go Oilers. Like, did you hear mm-hmm. let's go Oilers? Because I didn't. <laughs> no, nope. I only heard go Leafs go, baby. And I was like, what the hell? I didn't realize we were that strong out west. Yeah, and yeah, to be was... fair, in the last ten games, the Leafs outscored the Oilers forty to seventeen. So it's not a new thing with these high-scoring games for the Leafs versus Oilers. The Leafs have been all over them for the last little while now, so they're sick of it. I don't know if this game warranted the jersey toss, but it's definitely become a trend and talked about so much this year that. I don't know. Monkey see, monkey do once again. So I think it's just one of those situations where, oh, we lost 5-1. Okay, screw it. There goes my jersey. Speaking of bad losses for teams with high expectations, the Florida Panthers were uh, defeated by the Ottawa Senators today 8-2. to That one hurt. How did that happen? Yeah, seriously. How did that happen? <laughs> Just, like what's of, going on with Ottawa? They ran out of goalies in Florida or something. Or? <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, Ottawa just shut out Tampa for nothing, and then beats Florida eight to two. Like, what's going on with this Ottawa team? That can they are they one of these teams that's only going to beat top teams and lose to every bottom feeder team? Right, are like the ancient Raptors. Yeah, they had a rough night too. Who did the uh, Florida Panthers have in net? Just trying to find that now. Was it Knight or was it Johansson who they grabbed off waivers uh, off the Colorado? I, I swear I saw a meme that it said was Knight. 
Oh, it's okay. I saw I, I saw a meme a couple days ago that said like instead of Johansson, it was like Yo Simpson or something. So, <laughs> um, and to top it off, Spencer and I let in all eight goals. Uh. It was not pulled, so he had uh, thirty saves on thirty-eight shots against for a seven eighty-nine and an eight goals wow. against average. Yikes! So that's a rough one. Um, I would do pretty good, but I don't think any of my sounds are working. So um, we'll save that for next episode. <laughs> um, we have some more questions from Twitter to get to here. So at Chad Morgan asks, whenever Marner comes back, how do you even consider messing with this power play? Kasha is an awesome fit on PP1. Ooh. I have to agree. I think Marner goes to PP2, but I think the place that we do miss him is on the PK mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm not the PP one. So uh, power play has been unreal without him. I, I hate to say it. It's just, you know, different players gel differently in that situation. And I think they've kind of found their groove and, if, you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. So, yeah. Uh, and I mean, who having Marner on your second power play, like who's going to say no to that? Like if, if your depth is at that point where you can afford putting him there, like, come on. So I think the one thing that uh, Steph and I can agree on like fully tonight is that cash money like he is like, wow, like I'm going to call I'm going to call Ka- Kasha or Kashe, depending on the pronunciation. I've heard it said both ways. So I'm going to say Kashe. Yeah. I'm going to call him the conductor because he likes to park his caboose right in front of the net oh, and yeah. just cause a lot of mischief. OK, and I've seen now three games. Um, where I've visually seen that him parking his butt right in front of the goaltender causes uh, so much commotion, and whether it be from Tavares, whether it be from Matthews, he's always the guy that's got his ass right where it needs to be, and there's a goal. If you know he's there, if he's parked right in front, as I said, the caboose is the caboose is there, there's going to be a goal. You can just feel it. So, like, yeah. cash money, baby. Seven points in his last five games. And uh, what's that? Nine points in his last eight games. And the power play has been clicking very quickly, which is used to be rare for the Leafs. Like <laughs> getting a goal within the first 10 seconds was unheard of. We'd see both units come out and keep trying and trying. So uh, Chad also mentioned that his ideal PP2 would be Marner, Spezza, Sandine, Bunting, Ingvall. See, that sounds good. That sounds good. Yeah. In the perfect world, like you guys say, what's not broken, don't fix it. And I, I agree with that. But I honestly, honestly think that right when Marner comes back, he's going to have his same spot on the power play. And Kashe will then move to the second power play, possibly replacing Ingval. But I I hope, seriously, that they keep him on or Kashe on power play one and keep keep whatever we have going but i don't know i just can't see him taking marner off the first power play unfortunately just thinking from his perspective i don't know why for our fantasy players out there uh, andre kasha in yahoo was ranked 20th last week in the whole league with Ooh. two goals two assists plus two two power play points 11 shots on goal four blocks and two nice. hits all across the board putting points up and he's still only 23 percent rostered so if you don't have andre kasha grab Andre Kasha. Yes, definitely. He was talked about uh, on the NHL fantasy podcast as well with uh, Nick Jensen and Reese there. So yeah, definitely a good guy to grab on the waiver wire if you're in and out of your lineup with some players. 
Um, so I think that'll give us our code word for the day. Ding. Darty, you want to give it to him? Cash money, baby. <laughs> Not the baby, just so, cash money. But if you say baby, you'll get more respect. <laughs> cash money. So uh, you can spell that with uh, Andre Kasha as your cash. Kasha money. So that's K-A-S-E money. Kasha money. And uh, send it to us and you'll be entered and you can win some prizes. We've got some uh, more stuff to give away before Christmas. It's going to be fun. So much stuff. Lots of prizes. A jersey still out there. Hell yeah. So um, that takes us to our next topic, which is the GM search around the league. So it was revealed today that Jim Rutherford has narrowed his list down to 40 names for Connect's potential GM. 40. Name five. <laughs> I honestly, I I couldn't even name five people that are up for this job. Like, how does he have forty in mind? That's why I was joking with you guys before and said we must have made the list, man. Like forty names, damn, we must have been uh, nominated there. Especially, he said at least three women were on the list for a potential GM. Or Jeff Gordon said, anyways. But hey. Is it us? Yeah, that's, <laughs> Is it a that's for the uh, for the Canadians. But still, yeah. I mean, I mean, with forty people on uh, Rutherford's list, maybe there are some some women in there. That'd be cool. Um, but who do we? Do you guys have any guesses or predictions as to who is going to take over there? Because I mean, it seems like they want somebody that's going to train the Sedines, which I thought was mm-hmm. going to be Rutherford, kind of in an interim role until they can take over. But as we've learned, Rutherford is the president of Hockey Ops, or VP or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. So um, he's going to be hiring the new GM. Who is even available right now? I mean, like, as, as, uh. well, uh, the only person I know is me, and um, I'm available. So I mean, I was just going to say, Steph, the <laughs> fanalist, like she's right here. Your your dreams will come true. Yeah, right. <laughs> We'll, we'll do a great job, but in all seriousness, I have no idea, unfortunately. I'm just waiting like the rest of us and still waiting for so many things to happen, including that Spezza appeal hearing So and the results from that. So it's just been a big waiting game this week. <laughs> I don't know. Time will only tell. Free Spezza. Well, it's Spezza. funny because a lot of the lists I've seen for potential GMs are all ex-players. And I feel like this is something that's so unique to Vancouver. And I talked about this with somebody on Twitter, actually, who was a Vancouver fan. But as a Leaf fan, I don't think there's any ex-players that I would feel comfortable taking over as general manager of the team. But for some reason, (laughs) Canucks fans are are totally on board with like a whole list. There's like everyone from Stan Smell to the Sedins and like. I don't. I don't know. I was gonna say. I feel players bad. Players aren't GMs. If you hire one Sedine, you do have to hire the second one, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Like if you if you just like we're making we're making uh, you know who's it Daniel Sedine? Like, you have to hire his brother too, right? Like you can't package you can't, deal. Yeah, it's a package yeah, deal. Yeah, they're they're the only team with two general managers. There's one phone that like there's one phone number to two phones. They both pick up at the same time. <laughs> hello, hello. <laughs> But conversely, as you said, like the Leafs, like, yeah, imagine, imagine it's like, oh, our new GM uh, presenting Ty Domi. <laughs> well, I mean, and even more directly, it'd be like if Matt Sundin was our next 
GM. Like, I just, I don't feel like Leafs Nation would be as on board with that as the Canucks fans seem to be with the Sedins. I mean, more power to them if they feel comfortable in this. But uh, I feel like we're never, ever, ever, ever going to hear the end of it from Brian Burke if they become GM. Watch them hire uh, Lulongo. Lulongo, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, AGM to the Sedins is Roberto Lulongo. Yeah, exactly. But... I mean, we already hear every time Berkey's on, he talks about how he drafted them in the story. Mm-hmm. If these guys go on to be the GMs, he's going to, like, it'll be the title of his book, how I drafted the next, like, the people that took my job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, Don't know. Oh, and how they drafted the next Swedish twins. Hmm. <laughs> so, um, We've also got the Montreal Canadiens looking for uh, a new general manager. And like Steph mentioned, Jeff Gordon says there's three, at least three women on the list, which is awesome. We could potentially see. I mean, this might just be they're on the list for show. But hey, this could potentially be the first female GM in the league. Mm -hmm. I think it's definitely for show. Unfortunately, as much as I want to see the league improve in that area. I don't know. I until I see it happen, it's definitely a publicity stunt in my opinion. And same with every other thing where women is involved, even on the friggin' NHL twenty two game, like you're so late introducing the women's aspect on that. You couldn't no think of that a year ago, six months ago before you launched and you you think of it like in november december and people are already finished the game like come on but happy to hear it of course i just need to see see it we've also got potentially patrick waugh who has expressed interest in uh, taking Mm. over as habs gm (laughs) whether (laughs) they would accept him or not does does he still have attitude issues i think like i remember yes i was gonna say patrick waugh yes is like kind of a hothead and like maybe it was it's been some time since i've ha- seen him in the news but uh you know he, he never had as bad news as say ed belfort <laughs> i'm a millionaire i'll give you whatever you want i'll give you a billion dollars <laughs> oh god i forgot about that one but wow. i remember dangle was talking about patrick wad he just um he said it was like an early interview and he just kind of got up and walked out and everybody was totally cool with it and he's like what is that not is that not weird? It's like, oh, no, that's just what Patrick does. Oh. He'll just get pissed and leave interviews. And everyone's just like, oh, well, that's the end of that. Like, it's just not even a thing because he does it so often. Wow. Plus, if they bring him back, yeah. it's another opportunity to fire him again. <laughs> <laughs> that would be unreal. There's like a scene in, like, I think one of my favorite shows, Mad Men. And they, like, they literally hire hire someone. With, and then, like, a day later, it's like, now I get to fire your ass again. And like... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so further to the Quebec news, Bettman says the door is not shut when Quebec City's return to the NHL or the NHL's return to Quebec City. Uh, with the Coyotes apparently still owing money, are you fucking kidding me? It's embarrassing. Um, like they said, oh, it was a human error. You know, we missed it. And the city said, like, I find that hard to believe considering for it to get to this point, there had to be so many notices and calls that were ignored or even responded to and just not paid like they said somebody's filing every single month and just not paying so this is very purposely done like Mm -hmm. it's not a secret they're just avoiding paying because they don't make enough money so why don't we just close this chapter on the desert 
uh, I'm glad that it produced Austin Matthews and that maybe someday, hey, they can produce as many good hockey players as they want. I just don't think right now the the team's working. So let's move it up to Quebec City and call it a day. What do you guys think? First of all, how do you just forget or make a human error on over $2.7 million? Well, you don't. That's the thing. I mean... Like, you don't. I park my car outside for 10 minutes and get a $30 fine. If I don't pay that, I I can't renew my license. Meanwhile, these guys are over almost $3 million over two in in rent. (laughs) Come they on. literally hired George Costanza to work in their accounting office. Like <laughs> assistant assistant to the traveling manager of the Arizona Coyotes. George Costanza forgot to pay. Yeah. Shrinkage. Just... Shrinkage. <laughs> and I don't like how Batman said in the interview that, oh, it's being dealt with. It's been dealt with tomorrow, tomorrow sort of thing. He kept like pushing it off. And it's like It's not an issue, but we'll deal with it tomorrow. Really? Con- very contradicting statements. It's not an issue, but we'll deal with it tomorrow. <laughs> so I talked to my like uh, my English teacher. I forgot to hand in my assignment. You know, like grade eight. Like, oh yeah, tomorrow, tomorrow. I right, get handed. It's gonna. It's, I'll figure it out tomorrow. It's gonna be there. You'll see it right on your desk tomorrow. Don't worry. <laughs> I promise you. I promise. One more day. <laughs> Add an extra page. You know, more more work cited just for you. Okay. <laughs> A professional sports league team slogan cannot be checks in the mail. Checks. <laughs> like. Come on, guys. Should have been the code word. <laughs> so, so folks, like, let's let's be realistic here, right? I've heard Houston thrown around, which okay, that's a huge market, right? Just just people volume, right? Not mm-hmm. obvious. I don't think that's a hockey market whatsoever. I think that's a, again another huge gamble because yes, you may have these people that you may have access to who may give you their dollars, but it doesn't mean that they're going to show up to the arena every night. And mm-hmm. um, before. I let you take over. I just want to say the one thing that I like for some reason, people keep saying Quebec City is a pipe dream. Quebec City is this. Quebec City is that. All right. The NHL is caught between being the the NBA and the CFL. Like half of the half of the league is just poverty when it comes to actual fan attendance. And then the other half of the league. And I'm talking about like Leafs, Habs and, uh, you know, you got like what Chicago Rangers, Rangers. that, you know, that portion of the league is like like the rich oil barons right like you have these huge fan bases you've got lots of money so look we you know we're gonna have to see we're gonna have to seattle supersonics a lot of teams and i don't know why gary bettman is just not more okay with the idea that you know look you you moved a team to winnipeg and honestly i feel like winnipeg is less realistic than quebec city because like you know quebec city you still have people close you got montreal is close by i i would definitely travel out to quebec city for a damn game because it's beautiful out there. Quebec City is a historic city, you know, and the yeah. French love their hockey. All right. As much as I hate the Habs, I know that they love their <laughs> hockey. That's why I hate them. Right. Because they're just as passionate. They I'm a meme page. All right. I get shit on when I post Leafs memes. I get shit on when I post Habs memes. But those Habs players will literally DM me and uh, not players, but fans will DM me and say, oh, you piece of shit. I ate you. Tabernak. <laughs> Like, I don't even like well, what the, and, I would come to your house and burn your house down. Like what the like, shut the fuck up. Like this but seriously, that's how passionate they are, and I love that. So like that's money right there. That's people yeah. coming to the stadium. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, and I mean I'm I'm in Ottawa, right? Like it's I think four or five hours to get to Quebec City from here and you know, maybe three or two from Montreal. So it's 
it's doable from other markets for fans, which is kind of the first thing. The other thing with, with Houston and um, Texas as a whole is you're competing with college basketball, college football, professional football, professional basketball, just for starters. Like people do not care about hockey when there's already massive fan bases for all these things. Mm -hmm. Like go to somewhere where people are already hockey fans and watching minor leagues of hockey. Like the Quebec hockey leagues are huge out there. Just give them a major league team to go see and get excited about and they will build it and they will come. Plus yeah. those Maritime fans too, right? Like they, you know, they lost their St. John's Maple Leafs. They lost, uh, obviously they lost the Nordiques, right? And like, it's not easy from to get from the Maritimes out to, to Montreal. But, you know, Quebec City, it's a, little, it's a little bit closer, right? You might get, you might it start is. getting more fans from, from, uh, from the Brunswick, from PEI, from Newfoundland, from, uh, you know, from Nova Scotia. And, you know, that's, you know, hockey fans, Canadian hockey fans, clearly you will show up any goddamn place because look at all the Leafs fans out in Edmonton right now. So, yeah. you know, if, uh, even if you might not be able to pack that Nordique stadium with, uh, with, you know, Nordiques fans, you will still find a way to pack it with, uh, with somebody else. That's for sure. You'll see a lot of blue there. I feel you'll see a lot of blue. <laughs> Definitely. Like my recommendation would be give Newfoundland a team back. There's so many, it's only hockey fans out there. No one really watches baseball or basketball or football out there. It's pure hockey. I know it's a small island and such, but you have the Growlers who created this huge fan base, which, you know, that's the barn of the barn of the Leafs. So, yeah, it's, I would definitely look into St. John's for sure. Yeah, and I mean, Halifax, like anywhere out there would work. It's just, I think... Do um, I don't want to sound like a Canadian nationalist, but do we think that it's time for like a Canadian commissioner of the league just to save the, I don't know, the state of hockey in Canada? Because I feel like it's on the decline since Batman's taken over. Like through my whole childhood, there haven't been more Leaf fans. There haven't been more hockey fans. I've had less friends around me into the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why not? I think since, you know, like when we grew up, we, you know, Gretzky was the greatest athlete of all time, like in our, at least to Canadians, right? When we, cause I'm when, mm-hmm. growing up, I did, I knew Michael Jordan. I loved Michael Jordan, but I heard Gretzky's name, you know, if we had to like put like a, you know, type fonts of, you know, who was a bigger athlete and, you know, each font was smaller depending on how big or how little you perceive them. Gretzky's name would be right there, right up to Michael Jordan. All right. So like we yeah. grew up in that, we grew up at a time where that was like hockey was huge and we're now mm-hmm. we're these bitter you know, <laughs> old adults. And we're looking at us like, yeah, we're watching our league kind of wither away. And it seems big. Like we, you know, our TVs are better now. Everything seems HD. We seem clo- close to the athletes. But we we know, especially because of this bullshit salary cap situation, that um, this isn't, we're looking at it's like, this is not, the, this is not the giant tiger hockey league, right? Like we need to start, <laughs> you know, but that's what it feels like, right? It does feel yeah. like, you know, this dime nickel and dime store hockey league right now. And that's not what we grew up with. We grew up with uh, Mario Lemieux and, uh, you know, yeah. Wayne Gretzky and Yermir Yager and Martin Brodeur and like these, all these, you know, these huge n- names, you know, like even my dad, like he doesn't know any of the, na- the hockey players now, but he'll always talk about like Chico Resch and like, you know, Mike Bossy. And it's like, those, those were huge, huge, you know, names to people. And, and, you know, there's people on the street. My dad's not, my dad doesn't follow hockey, right? He doesn't follow hockey now, 
But like, you mm. know, back then, just those names meant something to a random person. Now, you know, Austin yeah. Matthews means nothing, right? Like, well, and I, th- I've seen a change in how the people are marketed. Like, as you, when you hear Austin Matthews sucks, Mitch Marner sucks, Jack, Co- Jack Campbell's not a starter, McDavid sucks, McKinnon sucks, he can't win a cup. None of these teams can make it out of the first round. Like, there's there's no defense for any of these players from the league. There's no marketing done to be like, you know, who cares if they haven't won a playoff round? These are the best people that play this game in the world and you should be watching them. And here's why. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no, it's not like this, like you were saying with, you know, the era of Gretzky and Broder and Lindros and, and all these guys where it was like, you know, you ha- this is must-see hockey. There's players on every team that are amazing. Now we have the salary cap that, makes everybody look at the players under a microscope and compare how much they make to how good they are instead of just watching how good they are with, you know, no money behind it. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's anybody fair. wants to see these guys make more money, but like it makes things like I said, look at the NBA. There's a ton of bums in the NBA. <laughs> That's all I hear. I mean, page. I look, I, I crisscross with NBA memes too, but the difference is, it's like, it, it doesn't feel cheap. It doesn't feel it doesn't feel like a consignment league, right? Even when mm-hmm. you're paying bums to play, you know, paying guys who just like, you know, yeah, they're all talented. Like, there's no way I'm going to go up against, you know, uh, like, well, let's uh, case in point, like say people, a lot of people shit on, on the NBA, they shit on like Lou Williams or something. It's like, <clears throat> there's no way that I'm, you know, I, I will ever be able to compare to even the bottom feeders of the, of the NBA. But like the overpaid guys, like, you know what? Like we don't look at, they don't look at them in the NBA the same way that like, NHL fans do. Yeah. Yeah, because it's not like a drain on the team in some way. It's it's a really hard sport to be a fan of. And that's honestly, that's on Gary. He's had the better part of what is it, 28 years, I think he's been in charge of this league. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, we have more teams and the value of those teams has gone up, and I think that's his main goal. But between like I mean, sorry to get dark, but like between the Kyle Beach stuff that came out and between all these players that like the the Logan Mayu thing and like so many things that he had a chance to and the, the the hockey diversity alliance that he won't agree if, with a partnership with. Like there's just so many things that he's just failing on that he that are such tee ups for easy home runs for him. And he's just He's just dropping the ball so often. Like, I, I don't know how they haven't called for a change in leadership. Like, there's no other business in the world where somebody could make this many mistakes and still have their job. He knows. He knows that people hate him. And that's why he came live in the press conference specifically saying that he's staying for a long time. <laughs> You're pretty much paraphrasing that you can't get rid of the guys. So. Yeah. Like, but what is he proud of? He's proud of a 10-year sexual assault scandal on a team that loses $35 million a year and can't pay their own rent. And like, like, what is he proud of that he's and getting booed every time he steps on for the draft? Like, are these things that he's like, yeah, I love this. And you're, you're, I'm going to keep doing this. Like, the, the more you I say don't that, get it. the more you say those points and reiterate them, the more it's, I just feel like you, you're talking about like the ABA or something. Like I'm getting some semi-pro vibes, like Flint Tropics. Like, like that's like that's not how you want to view a national hockey league. All right, like just we like again. I was just watching. Um, so you were watching uh, the Gucci movie, <laughs> but I was watching yeah. the Danbury Trashers uh, documentary. Nice. 
And you know what? I was watching it and I was like, why does the commissioner, I believe it was the, of their of the American Hockey League, I think, or maybe they weren't. I don't know what league they were. It's like, lower than lower that. Than, okay, so they were a little bit lower than that. But why is the commissioner of that fucking league sound so much cooler than Gary Bettman? <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like, like, yeah, the commissioner of the UHL, United Hockey League. I was like, make this guy the manager. Like he he's dealt with mafia. <laughs> like he'll him yeah, and him and, and Lou will do great. <laughs> and it's like I, I get it. He works for all the owners, and as long as the value of all the teams is going up, which we've seen is as a whole, is okay. But like you still have teams that are in the toilet. Like the difference between the first and third ranked NHL team, I think, is four hundred million dollars, which is what the Arizona Coyotes are worth. And I think that's even blowing it up because if the team loses $35 million a year, I don't know how they're worth $400 million, <laughs> especially when they don't own their arena and they're paying rent to the city and they can't even make that. So what is that? That, uh, like, that movie slash musical was it the producers where they just keep putting on flops because it still makes them yeah. fucking millions. It's like, that's not how you want to run a business, Gary. Like, <laughs> like yes, but, money's but, great and all, but like, it still looks pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. It's his big, claim to fame is this expansion through the West coast where people don't really care about hockey. Like, I mean, he had a team in Atlanta that failed drastically that was moved to Winnipeg after he moved the Winnipeg team to Arizona. Like, Oh my good God. He's just the Mr. Krabs of the NHL. He's just a little stingy money, man money, 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 that, money. Yeah. Money, money, money. He's a little stingy lawyer that, doesn't care about anything else feelings nothing it's just all about the bank see but that's that as much as we can say that there's so many ways that he's losing money for this league and not capitalizing on how much it could be making and like i don't know there's uh, the pr things aside like those are just boosters that he's screwed up on but like the ways that he could i mean people have been talking about it these panels not that he has anything to say about it but like the panels across all these american feeds are all ancient people Mm -hmm. like they're i don't know there's just a a lack of touch with a new generation of fans and a lack of care to even get them on board and that comes right from batman and there needs to be somebody that actually cares about the game and growing the game as a whole and the fan base because that equals more money like i i just don't get his his motivations I'll submit my resume in the morning. Fix it all for you guys. Please do. You heard it here. Fanalist uh, 2022 campaign I'm, for commissioner. I'm voting for the fanalist. All right. That's, you know, I, I was thinking that before you even said it, you know, so. Um, but uh, I had I had one last last kind of point about Gary Bettman is that like, I don't want to just vilify the guy, though, too. At the end of the day, like there there have been good things that he's done for this league. It's just. You know, at this point, you remember when the Leafs were owned by the the Ontario Teachers Fund, and they were, yeah. you know, yeah, the Leafs were making money, but the team as a whole was garbage. Mm-hmm. That's the same thing. It's like at the end of the day, eventually, you know, yeah, you can look at the at the at the profits and and say, yeah, we're doing great, but like the 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 value to the actual fans. You know, sometimes you have to spend a little bit of money to make money for the future, right? And you know, you're saying, "Oh, these guys aren't being marketable; they're they're boring." But the, you know, you know the and the 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 not NBA. What do you call it? Um, the Major League Baseball has the same problem with guys like Mike Trout, right? Like they've got stars who yeah. just they can't seem to market properly. But there are ways of doing it, right? And so if we can, if if you know, 
if Gary can figure his stuff out and start marketing these guys properly, start fixing these teams, you know, if they if they have to get rid of Phoenix, great. He can he can look like the hero. Like we don't have to get rid of Gary Bettman, you know. It's but it's the stagnation that's going to you know not just kill him, but like eventually lead to the death of what we we love, what we're talking about, right? So of course you see us like we're not you know we're not even TSN, we're not Sportsnet, but you know people listen to us and they start to agree with us, and it's because like look like you know we're mad, we we don't want to see the thing that we love disappear. Yeah, and there's a time where you have to retire. Like, how old is this guy going to be? Like, he's like 70 now or 70 something. And is he that old? Yeah, I think he looks so. great for 70. All right, I'll give him I that. I was going to say, geez, these he's 69. OK, 70 next year. Just when is the cutoff? It's like uh, Don Cherry. Like, it's just you don't know. He's just going to live forever. <laughs> Guys well, honestly, uh, I, th- I thought that this whole thing over the summer with the Blackhawks was going to be the end of it for him, but somehow he survived that. So uh, I don't know. And I mean, don't let that ever disappear. Out, yeah. All right, you, I, I appreciate that. On the last episode, I mean, I sound very, I appreciate that about you. I sound very Canadian for saying that, but, uh, but I appreciate that you brought that point. It's like Colin Patrick, Patrick Kane, you know, Patrick guy. <laughs> I never heard of that. You know, <laughs> I wasn't aware of these yeah, things. I, w- I wouldn't know. Who, it's like, no, I wouldn't know who John Doe is to even reach out to him. Mm-hmm. He said with a straight face. Yeah. So we can't like let these things slide either, right? We gotta, we gotta. You know, because as much as we like to think, oh, it's 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 done, it's over with. Like, there, there's there's still the opportunity for these things to still exist, right? And you know, this is still a very uh, masculinity, you know, toxic masculinity league. You know, it's one of the things we do unfortunately love about it, right? It's why we, why fighting is up. It's why, it's why beating the shit out of each other is up. But we still have to like make sure that we protect our gladiators, right? We protect our warriors so that uh, so that we don't end up having situations that uh, continue that allow. Um, you know, guys like uh, Kyle Beach to to have to sit in in that kind of terrible, terrible, you know, wasteland and not have anything to no room to say, you know, their story. Right. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Exactly. Um, anything light we want to end off on before we sign off here? <laughs> Leafs win. Leafs five won. One. Five one. Leafs won. Big win. West Coast. Just like how we started off the episode. I know you guys weren't happy with the game, but let's just take it. Move on. Uh, not happy with it. It's just, you know, if there's anything you the whole point of this year is is learning uh, and seeing if they've grown and learned from the mistakes and if they're going to make mm-hmm. these mistakes in the playoffs. And, you know, when you're in first place, it's one of the, it's like the hierarchy of needs, right? When you're at the bottom, yeah. it's okay. What can we do to win? When you're at the top, mm-hmm. it's what are the mistakes that are going to take us out of the top? For sure. You know, what what things, if they keep up, are going to knock us out of here? Because there's an element of luck and star power that gets them up to first place here in the Atlantic. But mm-hmm. there's enough people on this team, as we've shown. Justin Hall's been on the ice for every single goal against for the last month and a half. Yeah, like, there's enough things that can pull them down just as easily. So I just, you know, they're worth talking about. Well, they have a couple extra days to get ready because we all know the Calgary game on Thursday is postponed due to COVID. Yeah. And 
Uh, last time I checked that Canucks score, because we are facing them on Saturday, it was 3 nothing for Columbus, and they came back and won 4-3. to So big, good I'm news for the Canucks. Going to be a good game on Saturday, and uh, looking forward to that. I think if Darty has a last note to point out is that this was a pretty clean game in comparison to the games that uh, um, that we were, I was last on with uh, was it the Wild and uh, the Jets. So um, don't think for one second, Toronto Maple Leafs players, that uh, you're going to get a clean game out of the Calgary Flames. All right, that will <laughs> Edmonton. Uh, you know they played a nice, uh, you know, pretty pretty solid game. But I think the Flames are going to be a little bit dirtier. So for Leafs fans as well, be prepared. This this gonna, could be a tough one. It, we got some time to rest if we do end up playing this game. But, <laughs> but yeah, when uh, is this happening. game going to happen? It's not going to happen before no. the next one. It's probably going to be rescheduled for the into the new year sometime. Okay, so the next game is against Vancouver. Is Vancouver? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Postponed all week for Calgary. So, yeah. Yikes. And that's so be scared for Boudreaux then. It looks like he's on a roll. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We've got a, got a back-to-back with Vancouver and Seattle, 18th and 19th. So those will be Ooh. our next episodes. Uh, so you get a break from us in the meantime. Aww. So I have no outro music to play because it's not working. But tune in uh next game and we'll be covering the vancouver game so thank you so much for listening once again fanalist and darty broder are here follow him on instagram and twitter at darty broder for some hockey memes and follow at fanalist stuff on twitter for your live tweetings of the game as well as at leaves light night remember to rate us on apple podcasts or wherever you listen subscribe all that have a good night. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast. Available on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, Audible.